You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. You can also get us on youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackowitz, the rector of the cathedral in Chicago. Co-host back after one week absence, Mark Teresi, executive director. How is getting away, Mark? Back from my tour of L.A., so many of the stars asked about you, and I, <laughs> said, I said, it's wonderful working with with you. But, um, it was great. It was great to be away, and it's great to be back. What was the highlight, getting away? Uh, probably the highlight for us was we went to St. Paul, the Apostle Church in L.A., where we were. My wife and I walked to church, and there was a baptism. There was wonderful choir there was a woman, I'd never seen this before, they were training the altar servers at Mass. So she at was, Mass. Yeah, she had her alban and kind of walking them around. And the priest homily was very challenging. It was just, Mary and I said, if we were going to live in L.A., this is our parish. Mm-hmm. We just knew. We just knew. Interesting. And the, and the altar servers were being trained during Mass. Yeah, it was very discreet, but... You know, it was, and at the end, the priest was funny because he introduced the two altar, new altar servers. There was a third one. He said, and where is that? Th-? And he was standing right there. He's about this tall. He's about <laughs> right four next and a half to feet. Him. Yeah, but it was, it was great. I mean, there was, we saw the Oscar Museum and all that stuff, but it was nice to go to a parish and feel at home, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it's interesting. You go away for a week, you blink, and you're back. Oh yeah, you you wish by like the fourth fifth day that there were like five more days. Yeah, you know? but also we we need to keep in prayer the horrific catastrophic oh. hurricane in Florida. It just roared through Sanibel Island, Fort Myers, but I mean it affected the entire state. But to see some of the video, it's the force of nature. It's scary. It is scary. And pray. Some of our prisoners are down there, so absolutely, and it, uh, and so there. Well, you ask yourself, how long will it take to rebuild those cities, those towns, those yeah. areas? We're talking about complete devastation. They say Sanibel Island is gone, and many other places were somewhat spared. But the uh, the sur- the water power surge, the fourteen foot wall of water, is just incredible. So we have a great program lined up today. Three one two two five five. 840 here on Catholic Chicago. You can also get us on youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. 
We have back by popular demand. In the studio. In the studio. Yay. Father I'm Robert alive. Hutmacher, <laughs> Franciscan. Father Bob is currently a priest in residence at St. Peter's in the Loop. Mm-hmm. We'll spend the hour talking about various things, including the Franciscan Festival at St. Peter's in the Loop, which includes an art show. And Father Bob can talk forever and a day. I won't this About morning, Francis <laughs> of Assisi, having lived, worked, and taught in Assisi for over 35 years. Father Bob Hutmacher, welcome to the program. Good morning. Welcome. Good to be with you, Bob. In fact, I first met Bob. We were together at the University of Notre Dame. I did five summers for the Masters in Liturgy Mm -hmm. in the area of theology from 80 to 84. Bob, you began the program in liturgy in what year? 1976. Oh, wow. So then, was 1980 your last year for the... 81. So you were there 80, 80, the summers. Mm -hmm. And so we were Mm -hmm. together for two summers. Yeah, and then I played football for another four years. Yeah. Oh, you were were right after me. Yeah, right. And here I am co-hosting the delusional two. (laughs) Indeed. So, and of course, you were ordained a priest June 2nd, 1979. Yes, sir. Franciscan. And I was ordained on May 9th, 1979 at Mundelein Seminary. Yep. You were ordained where? St. Augustine's in Chicago. Oh, sure. Back of the yards. Oh, How many beautiful. in your class? There were five of us that year. And in my class for the Chicago Diocese, Archdiocese was 31. Mm-hmm. 31. But that's Archdiocese versus a religious order. And, yeah. Uh, I had 37 in my novitiate class. And when I started Mundelein, we started Niles College Seminary with 100. Is that right? And ordained 31. Mm. And Mark yes. would have been two years behind me in the college seminary. That's where we met back in 1973. Mark, you and I met this month 49 years ago. Wow. 49. We were, we were Happy anniversary. Gee, thank you so much. Wow. And I got no gift from him. I was 20 years old. You were 18. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And time flies. And you had hair then. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what do you want to lead off with today, Bob, in terms of talking? Well, I'm invited here to talk about St. Francis and all things Franciscan because his feast is next Tuesday, October 4th. Mm -hmm. So we have a great tradition. But you may think it's something. Mm -hmm. Back up here. I'm... You may back up. It's your I show. I am a priest <laughs> archdiocese, so a secular priest. You are a religious order Franciscan. Mm-hmm. What made you join the Franciscan order versus Jesuit, Dominican, Holy Cross, Archdiocese Chicago? What drew you to I the Franciscan grew, way of I life? I grew up in Quincy, Illinois, downstate, and... Of course, Quincy University is there, and there were about 40 friars there, and our parish was right next door. So every newly ordained class of friars came to our parish for their first year out, and that's how I got to know so many friars. And uh, I was in grade school and always serving with my brothers and uh, just grew up with Brown, basically, Mm -hmm. and all these young friars— Young, newly ordained priests were in our parish, and they were all happy, and Mm -hmm. I wanted that happy. And then about sixth grade, I realized, I want to do this. And I learned more about Francis and kind of fell in love with his story and with God. And 
that was it. So the rest I, is history. Yeah, I left home when I was 13 after eighth grade. And went where? St. Joseph's Seminary. It was our seminary. It was, at that time, it was in Oak Brook, West Montansdale, oh, sure. yeah. oh, wow. Mays Lake. Oh, sure. Uh, so you went from yeah. Quincy to Mays Lake. Yes. Uh-huh. And trained up there every, every August and came home in May. Yeah. It's amazing. It was what a different your, world and a different church. What was your family's reaction <clears throat> to you saying you wanted? There were 25 kids in our parish that went away to the seminary, and so it was just a kind of a given at that wow. time. Wait, it was 1962. 25 kids went up to Mays Lake? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, that's un- unheard of. Yes, what an it, impact. Uh, no, it was... Um, a different world, well, you know, and the girls left the co- for the convent after eighth grade, too. And wow. so um, I once wrote, an, I write a monthly article for St. Peter's and uh, wrote a, the story of getting on the train. At that time, it left at 2.30 in the morning and crossing the dark prairies, you know, and I was ripped from my mother's arms <laughs> <laughs> at 13 and put on this old metal train across the prairies of Illinois, and I didn't know what was going on. But eventually it turned out to be a wonderful experience. I fell in love with the arts. Um, It was a great, great education with literature and the sciences and everything. So it was... Upon graduation for your high school program? Then at that time, our college was in Quincy. Seminary was also in Quincy. So you went back home. Yeah, basically, but lived at the seminary. And that was Quincy College? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then after Quincy College, four years, went of to? Theology, Catholic Theological Union oh, here in, in Chicago. Chicago. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. Interesting. That's phenomenal. Well, and when, then what was your first assignment? St. John's in Joliet, Illinois. Oh. As a, an associate pastor? Yes, uh-huh. Do you still have that parish today? We do, yeah. It's largely Hispanic now. Uh, it was at that time a national German parish. Wow. So lots has happened in 40-some years. Are the Franciscans <clears throat> community only found at St. Peter's downtown or any other place in the Archdiocese of Chicago? Well, we used to have uh, St. Augustine's yes. and a couple of other parishes and... Hales Franciscan High School was founded by our province. Oh, wow. And, um, but we're many, many less friars now. And when I joined the order, we had 800 just in our Midwestern province. Are you kidding me? No. 800 friars. Yes, and now well, we're about 130. 2,000 so. priests. How many yeah. now? About 130. And what's the age span? Uh, I'm one of the young ones at 73. (laughs) We have 26 in our community at St. Peter's, and the oldest is 93 next month. 93. Mm -hmm. Remember, it wasn't too long ago, Bob, we were the younger priest in the Archdiocese. Yep. As a Franciscan, as an Archdiocese, and now at... uh, yeah. Now they wheel you out. We have two friars in our community from Brazil, and they're studying up here at CTU. Uh, and they're in their mid 30s. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, we got two high school kids running around. Yeah, I know. Our, our, <laughs> they're sons wonderful. Are in, our sons are in their mid 30s. We're blessed so, yeah. to have. How did that happen? We're blessed to have three associates at the cathedral <clears throat> Father Don Canby, 42. Father Andy Matajevic is 27. Father Tone Wynn, 32. Yeah. I tell these guys, I have sweaters 
older than you. <laughs> you add up two of their ages, and yeah. it still hasn't hit our age. It doesn't even hit my yeah. age. So yeah. It, now, can I ask, um, so you're an associate, your first assignment. How did the music and writing come come into play? Was it always part of you? or did Yes. You just, you know? No, I learned piano when I was four. Wow. And to just stayed with it. And fortunately, the Franciscan tradition highly cherishes the arts, particularly music and creative writing. And so the province has, are, I'm in the Sacred Heart province for one more year until we merge with others. But um, the province and leadership has always been very, very supportive of my creative endeavors and I've been eternally grateful for that. You play the uh, piano and the harp. Yes. Uh-huh. When did you and start the taking organ the harp? Too, but, pardon? You started taking the taking the harp. How old were you then? Um, probably in my late thirties. Oh, yeah. Now this That's may be not an odd question, but so I I've been involved in music my mm-hmm. whole my whole life, and there are <clears throat> moments in music where it becomes an out of body experience where you've created this piece of music or you're singing this music or you're playing it. do you it's does one of those stand out for you where all of a sudden you were in the middle of this musical effort and the spirituality of what you're doing is something maybe a memory stand out for you that oh yes <laughs> probably many there there are many uh Probably with my own music. I mean, I go to the symphony all the time, and I love Mahler and the great big giant things that he wrote, um, and the opera, of course. But in terms of my own music, uh, you did a wrote an oratorio about Francis and Claire a number of years ago, and we performed it. We premiered it actually with an orchestra in Assisi on the very spot where he died in the wow. Portiuncola Church or Basilica. Yeah. And uh, during that performance, it was one of the parts where Francis is singing a solo, and I just realized where we are. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it was uh, bye-bye, Earth, mm-hmm. and someplace exactly. else. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's Beautiful. Amazing. It Beautiful. is. It's we need Mark take us to break. When we're we going back. WNDZ seven fifty AM Catholic Chicago three one two two five five eight four zero or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We'll be back with Father Bob and continue our conversation about the impact of Saint Francis during his time but also during our lives today. <coughs> we'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. to the Mercy Mile on the West Loop to cheer on runners in the 2022 Bank of America Chicago Marathon, Sunday, October 9th from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Mercy Home for Boys and Girls Annual Cheer Zone and Celebration features games, food trucks, a DJ, a climbing wall, and lots of activities for kids. Conveniently located just west of downtown Chicago, it's the best place to have fun with the whole family while watching 40,000 runners pass by Mercy Home at 1140 West Jackson. 
and it's free. Join the fun and cheer with Mercy Home on October 9th. Go to mercyhome.org. Forty-four for me teaching. When I started here, there were teachers here that had taught me when I was a student. Now I'm the old person. <laughs> right now, I teach junior high math. I love when kids find what I'm teaching to be fun and they get it. I see that light bulb go off and it's a thrill. People are always amazed. What? what? You're here for 44 years? It's hard for me to believe, frankly. <laughs> I love what I do. Every summer I think, oh, I miss the classroom. Even on the weekends, I think I can't wait to get back on Monday and teach those quadratic equations. <laughs> Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. We're back, WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408, or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackwitz, Mark Tutsi here with Father Bob, our Franciscan friend from St. Pete's. I just noticed on the YouTube, I got a tan. I got a tan <laughs> from L.A. Yeah, you did. It's, it's all over the top of your head. Eh? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, you have a festival coming up. Can you we share with do. our listeners and our viewers? Well, we have this great tradition, and now that we're on this side of the plague, mm -hmm. um, we can open the doors again and do things. Uh, so we're starting in Sunday. His feast is Tuesday the 4th, of course, but we start on Sunday after the 11 o'clock Mass with 12.30, Blessing of Beasts, I oh, call yes. it, the Blessing of Animals. We have ours the following Saturday. Yeah, and... Then at 2 o'clock in the church we ha on Sunday, we have the transitus, which means the passing. And it's a, an annual prayer service that we have. Uh, and every community does it differently. But we remember his death and read the, the passages in the early sources about his passing into eternal life. And they're quite moving and very, very meditative. And this is happening when, Bob? 
at 2 o'clock on Sunday, October 2nd. And uh-huh. admission is free? Of course, it's in the church. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Get that By the way, out of the sidebar, I'm, what's the most unique animal, pet, uh, creation of God <laughs> that you ever blessed? I, I, I think I, an iguana. And then uh, we one year we had we invited people from Lincoln Park Zoo and they brought a rattlesnake and tarantulas and all kinds of creepy say, crawlers. I was going to say that the most unique, I, I once uh, had a tarantula. Yeah. And that, that, was, that creeped me out. Uh, they're you, just creatures. Do you think, just uh, maybe most of our listeners may know or may not know, um, the Saint, quickly, but the St. Francis story, I know when we were in Assisi, you look over the... And you see the church way down there, whatever mm-hmm. church. They, but, you know, the God's message about rebuild my church. San Damiano, yeah. yes. Can you share with our folks just a little bit of St. Francis, who he was? He lived, He was born in 18, I mean, 1181. <laughs> Did you no, no. guy here? <laughs> 1181, and he died in 1226. He was the son of a cloth merchant. So he died at the age of 45? Uh-huh. Wow. That yes. young, uh-huh. which in those days was not That's that young. probably old man, mm-hmm. or at least towards the end. Uh, and when he was about 25, so they were what we would call the rising merchant class between the poor and nobility, and the nobility didn't know what to do with them because they had expendable income. <laughs> anyway, he had one brother, and he lived right in the center of town with his parents and brother, and he was praying in that little chapel of San Damiano mm-hmm. down the hillside from Assisi, and there was the famous crucifix in there, the iconography mm-hmm. of the crucified risen Christ. And during his prayer, he heard God say to him, repair my house for it's falling into ruin. And he took that to mean the church itself. So he went around begging stones. And that was the very beginning of a really, really tumultuous five-year period of conversion. So it just didn't pop overnight. Yeah, four to five years Mm, of fighting with God and himself and a value system. He wanted to be a knight. So he did that twice. And uh, those, one ended up, he was a prisoner of war in Perugia for a year until his father ransomed him back home. And then he continued to struggle and finally made a final break with his family, and that was the beginning. At the age of about 30? Um, I would say 25. Oh, okay. 26, yeah. And when he went to the church to pray, he was how old? Uh, well, 20. Okay. 21. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, there's no birth records from no. then, and so it's a little pieced together from hagiography. And then what happened, to, then what happened with him after that? <clears throat> Then he started living on his own and begging and taking care of lepers. That was a key moment in his own conversion when he encountered what he found loathsome, and he embraced the leper and kissed the leper, and from then on, it was a big part of his life and the life of the earliest friars was actually ministering in a leprosarium Mm -hmm. in the valley below Assisi. And he, once he made his final break, he never once, until he was ill, 
never spent a night inside the walls of Assisi because the lepers were not allowed to oh, come back knew. into the city to live. So they he was they could come in and beg, but they had to leave it. Now, he was witnessing. Yes. Uh-huh. And then what about, um, so you go from one <clears throat> man's belief to Franciscans all over the world. Yeah. How'd that he bore witness so bravely and strongly that one of his first followers was a very wealthy single lawyer, and he, uh, Pietro Bernardoni was his father, but this man's name was Bernardo of Quintivale, and he uh, was so touched and moved by the authenticity and simplicity of Francis that he gave away everything he owned. Wow. His, all of his wealth. A wealthy lawyer. Yes. Uh-huh. And they started living together, and it just little by little, men were attracted to what he was doing. And then by 1209, he had, well, there were 12 of them. Hmm. hmm. Mystical number. <laughs> Not. Oh, what a coincidence. Yeah. yeah, and they went to Rome, and Innocent III gave them permission to preach. And uh, he laughed them out of the curia when he told Francis told him what he just wanted to live the gospel with nothing, and they said that's impossible. Nobody can do that. And he uh, was hurt. But that night, the Pope had a dream, and he saw this little beggar holding up the walls of the Lateran that was falling apart, and. Oh. That dream then spurred him on to talk to the Pope the next day, and they, that was the beginning of our order, the Franciscan movement. Now, whenever you see St. Francis, you think of him, these pictures, birds on his finger and <laughs> animals around his feet. What's the connection with Francis and animals? There are tons and tons of stories in the early sources and all the hagiography of him and animals. And it was because he had such a great love and respect for all of creation. Mm -hmm. And it took him, he was in religious life, so to speak, uh, for about 20 years after his conversion, before his death. And during that time, he just came deeper and deeper involved into the mysticism of God and all of creation being in union with God. And so that's why the Canticle of the Sun, you know, yeah. Laudato Si, mm -hmm. Signore, he, um, he wrote that towards the very end of his life, in fact, during the last year of his life in stages. And that's when he saw Brother Sun, Sister Moon, all those creatures, he calls them, they're part of the God's family. And all of creation is unity. And so there's a lot of stories in him about a spider, a rabbit, a falcon, all kinds of creatures um, preaching to the birds. He made them shut up once because he, they were too loud and people couldn't hear him talking. <laughs> Sound familiar? <laughs> and, uh, and that's how that connection was made, basically. That's fascinating. It is. It's utterly fascinating. Now, what about when we were in Assisi? Is it St. Clair? Was yes. His, how, how, what was her role? in? She lived on the top of the town. She was a member of a noble family, very big, very powerful family. They mm. had five knights in their family. 
And she, from a child on, was enamored with Christ and the gospel. And even though she was extremely wealthy and their whole family, she uh, started a little prayer group within their neighborhood, so to speak, of other wealthy women and their servants, which was breaking down barriers in and of itself. And they prayed together and uh, fed the poor with some of their own abundance. And so from childhood on, she was also a prisoner of war. The, the, the nobility would escape during civil wars to Perugia with other wealthy people for protection. Um, so they both had very fascinating but different backgrounds from middle class, so to speak, uh, to super, super wealthy nowadays. Now, did their and ministries connect in some way? Well, they were mutually attracted because she had a beautiful reputation Mm -hmm. as a holy, pure woman, a young woman, and she renounced marriage more than once. And when she was 17, about that age, she and Francis would get together, and it was uh, a lot of people for years thought that... uh, she went to Francis for advice, but it was really kind of a mutual attraction and respect for each other, and they would talk about it. And finally, when she saw him make his break with his family, um, one on it was actually Palm Sunday night in 1212, she broke out of her family's home and went down into the valley to the Portiuncula, mm-hmm. that little chapel in the valley below, and... Uh, Francis received her into the Franciscan community, but at that time, women weren't, it was impossible for her to live with the friars, and Mm -hmm. so they took her to a Benedictine community uh, further away down in the valley, and they didn't know what to do with her for three days. She claimed (laughs) sanctuary. But they didn't know what to do with her because at that time when a wealthy woman entered the convent, she brought with her her dowry mm-hmm. and her servants, and Claire came with nothing. Oh, Just herself. Yeah, they didn't want anything to do with her. So eventually, after a few days, Francis took her to another chapel up on top of the Mount Subasio, and that didn't work out. That was mm-hmm. another Benedictine place, and then finally they ended up in Sant'Amiano, and she lived there for the next... 40-some years. Wow. Yeah. Did she found her order then? The Poor Clares, the poor yes. Clares. Mark, take us a break. Second order. I mean, it's Fran- amazing, Bob. Your history, it just, it just rolls off your lips, mm. your tongue. Because I've done it for years. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's but, fascinating. But yeah. don't, we also, in, in, it's a benign ignorance, though, that we think the saints had an easy life. Oh, you know, that Lord. it was a straight line, and it yeah. never was. Never it was. Never was. Take us to break, Mark. WNDZ 750 AM Catholic Chicago 312-255-8408 or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We'll be back and continue our wonderful conversation with Father Bob on oh my gosh. on um, the role now of the Franciscans here in, in, in our city. <laughs> in our city. Um, it's a wonderful mission that you folks have supported for so, so many years. And a lot of times people just think, well, St. Pete's, the mission is downtown, they're open for Mass, you know, but there's so much more to it. And 
And now we're into our next section. (laughs) We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. What'd you have for breakfast? are hiring. Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Chicago is looking for mission-driven individuals who want to help make a positive difference in the lives of people in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. Be part of a diverse, talented team of professionals in the largest human services organization in the Midwest. We are dedicated to helping people chart a more stable, happier future for themselves, and we accompany anyone in need, regardless of faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. Competitive salaries and generous benefits add to the satisfaction you'll have every day knowing that you're helping us amplify our impact in Chicago. To see our list of employment opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is Continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarian fund or call 312-534-7959. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. We're back, WNDZ 750M, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408, or you can go to youtube.com slash catholicchicago. Father Bob, let's talk a little bit about the mission of St. Pete's and, and some of the ways the mission is becoming alive through, yes. through your work. Well, we've just ended our 175th year uh-huh. of the parish of St. Peter's. Um, the friars have been there almost 150 years. Wow. That's another three years. Um, and the cardinal— So the parish was, started like about 1840? Right after Chicago was began, as it was incorporated. It was 1833. Mm-hmm. Wow, shortly after. Around 1846? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And we started 1849 in the cathedral. Yeah. It was a church then. 
three years later. Yep. Um, but for years in our place on Madison and Clark Streets, mm-hmm. uh, the predominant has mission has been sacramental, of course, with masses unending. Confessions. Uh, and confessions mm-hmm. all day long. And that has radically changed with the pandemic, of course. Oh, yeah. And so we're only open now until 4.30 p.m., and we open up at 7 a.m. So the church is always open for prayer. Uh, we no longer use the confessionals because of the thing. Right. And um, But that's okay. People is it all still face-to-face come. then? Uh, we give people the option. Okay. Yeah. And so I think, and I've talked with Father Mike Fowler, our present pastor, um, and you know Mike. Oh, sure. And, Great priest. Um, we're at a very, very interesting point of change. Mm-hmm. So you talk about Renew My Church, and we are in and of ourselves renewing um, because it, I think we're at this fascinating period of moving out of sort of the sacramentology of the 50s, mm-hmm. where St. Peter's was founded with umpteen confessions all day long and 23 masses or so on holy days, to now what kind of Franciscan presence will we have? So it, right now we're limited because of manpower, but also the pandemic affected us. We can only offer three masses a day, two at lunchtime and one at 7.30 a.m., uh, instead of seven daily masses. Wow. Um, so we used to have five daily masses pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. and now we have three. Yes. And on yeah. we have four. And our, we're limited in how we can deal with people uh, with spiritual direction, although that is building up again. And there's a nice view of our front doors. Those that are uh, watching on YouTube. Yes. And... Um, who are the bouncers? No, just <laughs> <laughs> a couple of Eds. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty funny, Mark. <laughs> so this church has been open since 1953. It's a beautiful so, church. and one of the things that we're trying to rekindle, and Father Greg knows this well from the downtown parishes, have just start just started a peace initiative mm-hmm. as to how we, the friars are known as the little peacemakers, you know, coming from Francis himself, um, a person of reconciliation. How can we bring that about in our city? And you know too well from living down here yes. uh, that the violence and guns and all of that urban stuff has plagued everybody, every neighborhood. It's amazing. And so we churches here have just begun to see what we can do as church presence. And Linda Weaver's been a tremendous yes, catalyst she in this area. Been. She's so yeah, supportive. She's a great and, catalyst. Uh, she's, she just really yeah. is so deep into, into nonviolence and to make systemic change mm-hmm. and bring the parishes together in the downtown cluster grouping. And we, we, have, we have to do something. Because to so, do nothing is unacceptable, so but that's it's so overwhelming. Of, yeah, that's one of the interesting things, I think, in terms of newness. And then I want to, you know, for years I've been involved with the arts, and we had a place for the arts in the West Loop for years. Uh, and to instill that again and get that alive with concerts and things at St. Peter's, uh, we did two huge concerts of my work with the Chicago Sinfonietta in June. Oh 
with uh, premiering my the the nature suite. Um, yes, and you can find this on YouTube or Spotify. The title it's called again. The, it's called the Nature Suite, uh, and it's my reflections on life in the Midwest. Oh. With an orchestra we recorded in Italy. So if they want to get a copy, again, how can they get a copy? St. Peter's. All my stuff is in the bookstore at St. Peter's. How else? Are they online? Um, can yes, you, you can find it online. By going to what? Uh, CD Baby. <laughs> C- and CD Baby. Slash St. Francis. No, no. No, it's just, or you can punch in my name and find it. You can go to CD Baby. Uh huh. That's a website for CDs. But what about the gift shop? Are they online? Uh, Uh, No, they're not online, but you can find them. Certainly, they're open all seven days a week. Maybe for a moment, uh, hold up your latest book. Yes, this is, uh, speaking of peacemaking, this is (laughs) called Messenger of Peace. And it is actually a theater work that I wrote around 2018, and uh, last year we we perf- no 2019 I'm sorry we performed at five different places here in the Chicago area with two friends three friends of mine from Italy oh, wow. um, violin guitar famous duo and then a now do you play friend. the piano to this no no this is a gu- guitar and violin oh, okay and a storyteller so the book and then it has all this beautiful artwork by uh, an artist from Oak Park, Tim Leeming. Oh, wow. And so we project huge uh, images behind the storytelling, and it's it's the story of 10 different people that I've adapted from the earliest sources of hagiography about, well, their lives were touched deeply and changed radically by Francis. Name one in the book. Claire. Oh, okay. uh, Bernard of Quintavalli, his first follower that we know of. Keep going. Uh, the Wolf of Gubbio speaks and talks about what it was like when Francis tamed him. Um, Leo, one of his closest friends, and one of the most spectacular is when he went to Egypt in 1219 and spent three days with the Sultan Muhammad Malek al-Khamil. Uh, three days talking about God, not to convert him to Christianity, but to learn about Islam. And ever since then, the friars have been involved with all the holy places, as mm-hmm. you know, in the Holy Land, and care for them. And the Christian-Muslim dialogue is comes out of that experience of Francis with the Sultan of Egypt. Now, your latest book, The Messenger of Peace, mm-hmm. how can people get a copy? It's also in the bookstore at St. Peter's. Keep going. Also, on, can you get it on Amazon? No, it is only at the bookstore right now. Okay. Yep. The but, interesting thing as I'm listening to this is it sounds like the kind of a piece that would be beautiful in our courtyard. Um, it could be done outside. We did it at the auditorium at Mundelein. Oh, did you? Uh-huh, in Ascension in Oak Park. We did it in my home parish in Quincy. With did a, you really? Yeah, we use a 40-foot screen to project these beautiful images because it's very contemporary art, as you see. You know, maybe it could be a place um, for the, the courtyard or the cathedral. Uh, it could be if uh, it's Mark, decent weather. Mark, take us to break. Will, but just don't involve Greg in any of it. Oh, yeah, let me—I can, I can do maybe background, he would want to, background huh? tuba. He'd want to sing. 
I could do background tuba. WNDC Catholic or you go to youtube.com. Join us every Catholic Monday Chicago, through Friday. At the- and we'll continue to, our conversation with Father Bob on, um, let's, in our next we, section, we yeah, let's talk about the events show. coming up. We'll yeah. be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. <laughs> Saturday, October 8th, Catholic Charities and the Archdiocese of Chicago will gather with other religious and civic organizations in a rally against domestic violence. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Join us as we rally, walk, and stand in prayer, saying no to domestic violence. The rally will be held at St. Catherine Drexel Parish, 91st Street and Stony Island Avenue in Chicago from 9 to 11 a.m. Registration begins at 8.30. For more information, call 312-948-6529. That's 312-948-6529. Let's raise awareness and work together to stop domestic violence. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219.
We're back. WNDZ 750 You did that so smoothly. Catholic Chicago <laughs> 312 slash Catholic Chicago. You can also find us. Where Father Bob, we're going to continue. Let's uh, spend our time together now mm-hmm. talking about what's coming up right now what people can be a part of it. Okay. Peace. Well, let's start with his feast day, Tuesday, mm-hmm. October 4th, and we have three masses that day. What time? 7.30, 11.40, and 1.15. And the 11.40 mass is a solemn Eucharist with organ and brass. Mm-hmm. And oh, nice. Beautiful. Yes, it's beautiful. And the pastor asked me to preside because I'm... Su- guardian of the community so that will be and the historian a good one pardon you're the, you're the historian um yes but i pop out of the gospel of course <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, that's of course, what I preaching that. is <laughs> um and then one of the really great things of rebuilding our franciscan festival this year is uh, an art exhibit that will go from monday through friday from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. The dates, down, the dates, uh, Monday, October 3rd, Monday, hard. October 3rd through Friday, October 7th. So um, next, next week. <clears throat> yes. Uh huh. And uh, where it is called? In, it's in the auditorium in the lower level of St. Peter's, and it is called Chicago's Catholic Heroes. Oh, and nice. many people are familiar with the artwork of Joe Malum mm-hmm. and the iconographer. Well, he's changed styles for this show. And as you see here, um, he has 16 panels of Chicago Catholics that had a great voice in their periods of history. When Name were, some of them. Uh, Augustine Tolson. Tolton, uh, Dorothy Day, Jack Egan, DeSable, Cabrini, um, different people like that, and Arnold Damon. Oh, sure. Uh, And so he has 16 uh, big portraits on canvas reproductions, and there are also smaller versions available in the bookstore. Um, but it's very interesting, and so he's going to display all 16 of them along with a panel telling their story Beautiful. and their history because, as you know too well, Chicago Catholic has an incredible history. Phenomenal. Like St. Peter's goes all the way back to the fire, mm-hmm. and our original church was saved from the fire by a change in wind direction. Where then was the original church? On Clark and Polk Street. Oh, okay. Uh, it was okay. built right after the Civil War, or the last year of the Civil War, 1865. And, that, and the fire was coming right toward yep. the church and the wind And the pastor there. got in the church. This <laughs> is our legend, okay? The pastor got into church with all kinds of people, and the fire was coming right across due east. And he said, God, if you deliver our parish and all our people and our church, we will pray every Tuesday to St. Anthony forever. And the wind changed direction and blew north up to here to your neighborhood. And, 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 and knocked out our and church. And that saved St. Peter's. And yeah. ever since then, after every Mass on every Tuesday of the year, we do the Novena to St. Anthony. Anthony. And that's, it's just this wonderful. So anyway, this art show of story. Joe Malum yeah. is is a really great view of some of our greatest heroes. That's why he calls it Chicago's Catholic Heroes. So it's so an art exhibit Monday through Friday next week, 11, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. in your auditorium, which yes. is the, the lower uh-huh. level. 
And the final day, Denise Legilia and I oh, will sure. do a concert. Denise, flute and piano. Uh huh. At twelve fifteen. She's flute, right? Yes. Yeah, she's uh-huh. wonderful. I worked with her. Yeah, we've done. Pats and um, just happened to have our recording from GIA. So, it's called Mystic Vista. Beautiful. I so happy to bring it. I love doing <laughs> commercials. My father would did <laughs> advertising for NBC for years. What, did he really? <laughs> yes. It's in your blood. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I could I can sell so you two, the <laughs> both of you have dads in media. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Advertising and broadcasting. I yeah. can talk the antlers off of moose. <laughs> <laughs> I like that expression. I can remember that one. <laughs> anyway. What else so, is coming up? Um that's basically it for this year. I think we're just restarting the whole festival. So it's the blessing of animals, the transitus on Sunday. The big mass on Tuesday, and then that art show that goes all week long. No, so, no, I saw with Holy Name in their history. Have you ever been able, like, to cut the street off and have? You know, we did that once when I first came here in '93. How did and it work? We had, it was a blast, but um, that was in the daily days, oh. and so it wasn't too difficult to you cut just off the over street. To on city a Sunday hall afternoon. We set up a tent, and had this big Italian festival. Because our pastor at that time was... And you, was, you cut off Madison? Uh-huh. Just a block of it, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, you can throw off three bus lines. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of fun. But now it's a little more complicated with the city. <laughs> Just a little, a little more complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now, now, what about... Uh, you had talked about Assisi. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said you're a pitch man. Pitch to our <laughs> viewers and our listeners... Why Assisi? Why go to Assisi? Because it is a step back in time, so to speak, where uh, it's a town of about 5,000 inhabitants within the walls, even though the outside area is uh, uh, huge and expanded in the last few years. But once you get inside, nothing can change. It's a city ordinance. You cannot change the outside of any of those buildings since Mm. the 1500s. And so you step back in time and the rest of the world disappears. And so it's the spirit of Francis that's almost magically present Mm -hmm. everywhere. And if you look beyond the tourism, like the little shops and that thing, you can really experience holiness and beauty. It's in the Umbrian Mountains, and so how can you not be captivated. How many times that. have you been there? I don't know. That many? I've taught there. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm leaving I've, in I've October. Been to, uh, I've, been to, <laughs> I've, been to, I've been to Detroit. Yeah. We're going to perform Messenger of Peace in Perugia, Assisi, Rome, and Monte Rupido. In do October. You, uh-huh. Do the Franciscans do any um, uh, pilgrimages to Italy? Do yes, uh, you can look at the Franciscan Pilgrimage Program, FPP. Okay. You can find them online, and they sponsor a number of pilgrimages to Assisi, the Holy Land, the Missions of California. And I was part of that staff for a few years uh, in the 2000s. Um, and then I also spent a number of years there living there as a friar uh, and doing research for this particular book, uh, and it's all the music. <laughs> Another commercial. So oh, can, I'm we, trying we, to. We have a oh, record for a commercial. Name the book. Name your book. It's called 
Claire and Francis will let the faithful people sing, and this is published through St. Bonaventure, the Franciscan Institute. And how can we get a copy of that? The bookstore? No, uh, you have to go to the publisher, St. Bonaventure, the Franciscan Institute. And it's uh, 300 pages of music that I gleaned from the Middle Ages and translated the Latin and set to music. Beautiful. Now I'm holding up, I don't know if you can get to me, I'm holding up. Since we're doing commercials, tell me what, tell them what I'm holding up. Uh, in your left hand, with San Damiano on the cover, that's the dialogue of Francis and Claire, my oratorio with full chorus and orchestra, recorded it, St. Mary of the Angels. And then oh, on beautiful. your right hand is Prayer for Peace, which is my anti-war statement with full orchestra recorded in the Basilica of St. Francis. Is that a full, or- full orchestra? <clears throat> yes. Uh, a string orchestra, I'm sorry. Wouldn't this be This so- one is, yeah, we've done it here we at should Dominican do it, University. As part of our response to violence, uh-huh. offer a concert about peace. And again, if people want to get a copy, we can fund it. All of these are available in the bookstores, of course. So you would be funding the orchestra, and are there singers involved? A whole chorus, yes. Of course. Yeah, we've done it here. Now, Bob, have we left out any of your commercials? No. What about this one? That's the um, that's the dialogue of Francis and Claire, the oratorio, and those are DVDs which were filmed in Assisi and include beautiful footage of Umbria and everything pertinent to Francis and Claire. So, yes. Maybe just in the last minute. Yes. You know, Bob, you are ordained in 1979, Mm -hmm. went on 44 years a priest, like me, a month apart, Mm -hmm. and you're 73 years old, but your energy level is phenomenal. (laughs) Yeah, it sure is. And the thing is, of course, as a Franciscan, you're not even thinking, talking retirement. Oh, no. No, when people ask, when do you retire? I say, well, we just drop at the altar. (laughs) 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 No. Let me ask you, what what sustains you? I mean, your energy level, your deep love for the Lord. I love my life. Say more about that. And I fell in love with God. It, it goes all the way back to grade school. I told you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I saw all these young friars, and they were all happy, and I wanted that happiness, and I found it early on in life, and I've never lost it. And I would have, I'd have to agree and with so my And so richly blessed to be able to have done what I've done, and there's more to come. And like yeah. you, I feel very blessed to call to priesthood and mm. to serve the people of God, which is energizing, and you realize how quickly life goes by too fast. We need to bring the program to a close. want to thank okay. in a very special way Father Robert Hutmacher, Franciscan. Bob, you've been a tremendous guest. This was a very fast thank hour, you. so thank you for joining us. Thank you to welcome. co-host back from California, Mark Teresi. Thank you. Great, great work of our producers, engineers, Michael May, Brian Hockey, Hitman Brock. To our listeners, may God bless all of you. Pray for the people, recovery in Florida. Pray for an end of the conflict in Ukraine. We pray for world peace. God bless. Amen. Amen. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.